I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, so Lombardi Line here on a Saturday. Of course, we're brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the app. You know, it's interesting, Michael, the 121st meeting with Army and Navy, and we'll get into the number. It's fitting we're talking about something so American when also today the unfortunate events across, you know, Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, the medal of Americans being tested today, I, I think we're going to be okay, but I just wanted to, again, send our best to all those dealing with the inclement weather and the tornadoes. Unprecedented. I hate looking at the pictures, but I just want to send our best yeah no doubt Patrick and, and, and our thoughts and prayers and one thing about this Army Navy game that I think is so important it unites all of us right yes because it, it is an American game and it is an American struggle and these armed forces do protect us and and serve us to allow us to have the freedom it's a great honor to to participate in, and it's a great game to watch it's it's not you know it's not a game that we sit there and say oh my gosh it's really about pride it's about being humbly prideful about your country and I think that's what today represents here I think that's well put the pageantry is just it's one of those where you get emotional watching it really is because you just it matters so much so let's set up the number here army navy i mentioned 121st mean it's going to be at MetLife. it's going to be balmy windy potentially rainy number opened eight and a half the better team the more talented team is army it's dropped down to seven of course competitive here 35 is the total we've had this total cash to the under in 14 straight meetings between the two michael yeah, you know, again, uh, the better team, it's always, you know, this is a little bit deeper than that. It's always, it's a little bit like, you know, Pittsburgh was the better team. Baltimore was the better team against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won the game, right? And so yeah. the line was four and a half, and, you know, we saw all that. But yet Pittsburgh was right in it to the bitter end. This is a game that's similar to that in the sense that both teams will play to their highest level and the records don't matter. The difference here is if Navy gets behind, can they throw the football effectively enough to catch up? Both teams want to run the ball. Both teams' run offense is really good. Both teams can control the football, but they have to play certain certain styles. And I think when you look at the Navy team and if they get behind in a game, then it becomes really a problematic. I mean, then they, you know, I mean, they have a hard time being able to play catch up. You know, when they played Air Force 23-3, they get behind. You know, they they played, they lose to Houston. I mean, they played Houston early in the season, 28-20. They've played moments of good games and then they've had it. But their defense has been able to play better against the pass. You know, some of these teams, I mean, Notre Dame's 34-6. I mean, you know, I, I know you say, well, that's not a close game. Well, it wasn't, but I mean, you know, Notre Dame should be able to put a lot more points than 34 against the Navy team, and they couldn't. Yeah, Army's 11th in the country, as you mentioned, in rushing D. Navy's 38th. Both well-equipped to stop that triple option, so we know this. And also, it's, there's yeah. going to be in increasingly windy conditions there, so that's going to mitigate some of the passing. It's not that these two teams are going to pass a bunch anyway, Michael. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, this the Navy can rise to the challenge. I mean, they beat Tulsa. Tulsa's not a bad team. 
They beat Tulsa 20 to 17. So that's the kind of game, and that's why the under 2017. That's at 37. That's why I think you're seeing this under come into play. I think it'll be more 34. I think that'll be the the score of the game. It'll probably, if it adds up, neither team's going to run away from one another because of the way they control the clock and it takes so long to get their drives. But Navy can't fall behind. That's going to be the key. And for Navy, this is this is it. And Army is going bowling. So Munkin's got his team poised to play in a bowl game. This is fascinating with Army. They're very they're actually quite talented. The 4-0 start, then they lost three straight, and then they bookended that with another 4-0 streak, a 3-1 ATS finish, and those three wins, they're beating teams by 28 points. So really came on Army at the end of the year here. I mean, they lose a tough game to Ball State, right? Ball State, 6-6 uh, six and six team. But then they come back and they got to play Wisconsin on the road in Camp Randall. Tough place. They lose, right? Then they've got to go to Wake Forest. Then they, then they play Wake Forest. They get, I mean, they give up zillions, 70 points in that game. Hard for them to play in that game passing game. But they score 56. They play Missouri in a bowl game. I don't know what's the name of the bowl game, but Missouri's defense is bad. Okay, the Missouri's defense. And I know this is Southeast Conference versus Navy. Uh, I don't know quite the line on this, but I'm telling you, Army will run the ball on Missouri till nauseum. So Army-Navy, you wonder why the unders cash? Both programs run the ball on 86% of their offensive snaps. You throw in 25 to 30 mile an hour wins, that's going to jump up the 92 to 95%. Again, don't blink because this clock ain't stopping today. No, it's not. Nope, that's a great thing. We'll get less commercials. Okay, now... The I wanted to ask you, because we talked to Carl Johnson about this, got a lean, and, and got the regional numbers on the final four of the semis. I just wanted to get your – now, again, as we get closer, Michael, we'll get your official play. But I just want to get a quick lean. Georgia-Michigan, numbers sitting eight-ish, and the total's 44-and-a-half. I just want to get an initial lean from you. Well, I, I think this is a game that Georgia's more comfortable playing than Alabama because of Bryce Young's ability to throw the ball. I mean, Michigan's going to want to run the football, and it's hard to run the ball against Georgia. They, they, they only allow under, two yard, under three yards a carry. This is going to be a really a challenge for what Michigan can come up with on how they can spread the field to try to create some nickel runs and get their offense going in that direction. Michigan does not want to be a 50-pass team. That's not who they are. No. They don't want to be a 40-pass team. And so they're going to be very judicious in terms of how they approach this. The strength of Michigan is the offensive line, the run back. They have skill players on the outside. There's no doubt. Even though they lost their best receiver in the first week of the season, they have skill players that they could take advantage of. And they match up talent-wise now. Don't don't kid yourself. I mean, this is not, you know, the Big Ten always gets the rap for not being as fast as the Southeast. They match up well. And they'll cause Georgia's offense some problems. They will. But I think this is going to be a hard game for Michigan. They're going to have to throw the ball in this game to win the game. Totally agree. Totally. And I think that Carl brought up a good point about the quarterbacks. I mean, the and you know how fervent the Georgia fan base is, just like Michigan, but the message boards are going crazy. They want JT Daniels. They want Stetson Bennett on the bench. But Bennett does add an element. Those that haven't watched JT Daniels, he's got an amazing cannon, but he can't move. So Stetson, right. Bennett does bring a different element to the game. He does, and he brings, you know, and he's been in these. They've never been behind before in a game, and so he brings it. Look, I, I liked Alabama to beat Georgia because of, uh, at least to cover the spread, because of Alabama's passing game. Tennessee indicated when you watch that tape that they're vulnerable to the pass. And I think if Michigan studies the season and they really objectively look at it and say, look, this is who we are, but for us to win this game, we're going to have to throw the football more effectively than we have. 
throw to run, not run to throw. Yeah, well put. And Michigan, best in the country, ATS as well. So, again, if you're going to lay the 7.5, be careful because Michigan's been a covering machine. They're 5-0 and over the last uh, five and ATS over the last five. Okay, quickly wanted to get a take. I think I know which way you're leaning here, but uh, 13.5-ish, 13. Most books are 13, Michael, with Cincinnati and Alabama. You know, this is a game for me where, you know, Alabama's offense is just so dynamic. And I know Cincinnati's secondary has played really well. And, but when you watch the first half, when you watch the opening drive of the game, when you watch, when you watch the, that, uh, when you watch Houston just move the ball right down the field on them, and Houston has a passing game, and Houston can throw the football. I think that this is going to be a problem, a little bit of a problem here for Cincinnati, is how do they handle this attack? How do they handle this spread, right? How do they, how do they play that? And I think, you know, their, their numbers are incredible, right? They're the fourth best defense in, in college football. They're the second best passing defense. And they are well-versed for this now. Let's be honest. I mean, all their opponents, Patrick, have thrown the ball. I mean, they play in a conference that are three and four receivers and spread it out. But the difference is these receivers are elite. These receivers are different than the ones they're playing against at, at, at South Florida or at SMU who they dominate. That's going to be the true challenge. Can they take a step up? All indications on the numbers say there's no way they can't. They will. I just think it's going to be a harder game. Uh, 100%. And, Michael, quickly circling back to Georgia, uh, we were talking about Chip Kelly potentially returning to Oregon. It looks like uh, the steward of that defense at Georgia this year, Dan Lanning, is going to leave Georgia and become the next head coach at Oregon. Wow, that's a great hire. Oregon, that's a good pick. I mean, I never thought Chip would go back. I, I just didn't because Chip wanted when Chip left, he he kind of felt like he'd done his time there. He did. Dan Lanning's a really good young coach. I've heard a lot of great things about him. Uh, that's a big job for Dan Lanning. I like the fact they went defense up there. They went a temperament up there. I think that's a great hire by Oregon. I really do. I think they get a guy that's a national recruiter because Oregon is a national recruiting program. Nike University. I mean, they. I, I give the AD credit there. That was an interesting hire. Now, it's not completely official, but you know how this works. It'll become official. Yesterday, they were reporting it's a done deal, and today they're saying, hold off. Nothing's official. It could be some bargaining. Uh, but Dan Lanning, who stewarded that defense for Georgia this year, it looks like he's headed to Eugene. Uh, Tony Elliott as well left Clemson. That was interesting to go to that Virginia. Shock. That was a shock because he's, he's had overtures before. Right, and he was—he had—he could have had the Duke job, or yep. he could have had the Virginia job. He smartly took the Duke job. He took the Virginia job, and then Mike Elko takes the Duke job. I thought that—I thought Jace, Miss Coach Garrett Coach, was going to get the Coach, Duke job. Yeah, Coach Garrett. All right, I understand, you know, but he didn't take that. He was at a basketball game. Him and Tony Romo. I saw it. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, that, that to me, now let's go back to Clemson. I mean, this is the first time that Dabo's had to really fix his staff. It's going to be interesting what he comes up with. Does Venables, he get Chad yeah. Morris to leave? Does he get Chad Morris to leave his high school coaching job to come back? Does he do that? Yeah, Certainly Chad Morris, ran the, he ran the offense for Dabo down at Clemson before he left. Be yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah. So does he do that? I mean, Dabo's got this is going to be a this will be an interesting year for Dabo as he rebuilds his coaching staff, especially the what has been the strength has always been that defense. Have you ever seen turnover in the co coaching ranks like we saw this year? No, I never seen it, but the money's so great you're going to keep seeing it. I was saying I, I was joking it. yesterday. We should we should thank Mel every industry should thank Mel Tucker for resetting the market. Like 
He's going to get auto workers paid more. That is the crazy <laughs> what, what he what he did getting a hundred. I heard Amal from... was going crazy this week. I a little birdie told me Amal was going crazy. Is that true? Amal was he's still fired up about Mel Tucker. Yes, that is. That is I can confirm those reports. Mel Tucker getting a hundred mil from in East Lansing is that's fascinating. But you're right, money's there. Okay, when we come back. Mike McCarthy is very confident with the Dallas Cowboys headed to Washington. Is Michael Lombardi? We'll find out next here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, here are today's top horse racing plays from Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel. I love Siegel. He's been hot. Let's go to Gulfstream down in Florida. Fourth race. Jeff's likes the eight horse. Dean's list three to one. Also, Gulfstream in the seventh, Jeff Siegel likes the three-horse touch code on top at 8-1. to one. Wow, nice number. You can bet these races and more using FirstBet, the preferred horse betting app of VSIN. Sign up for FirstBet and use the code Vegas1000 for instant $10 free, and then you can get up to $1,000 in bonuses. It's awesome. Just go to vcin.com slash horses for more information. Okay, we got you back here. Army-Navy Day, a standalone as it should be for the academies michael lombardi there in jersey how how is it it again it's crazy crazy warm it's going to be in the 60s even in ocean city down there today yeah it's going to be a beautiful it's going to be a warm day i don't know if it's going to be beautiful windy but uh you know and there's a ton of college basketball going on today you know there's a ton of nba so the book here is starting to get filled up here uh, with all that action that's going on as people get ready for, you know, the, the one thing about the holiday season is it, it slows down the casino life in Atlantic City a little bit. But once the day after Christmas, then all of a sudden it's booming back again. And it's the busiest week of the year for the Borgata is the day after Christmas until the day after New Year's. No kidding. They call it box it, outside of some. Isn't that called Boxing Day in England? The I don't day, know. The day after, I believe. I, I may I may have made that up. Anywho, oh, Michael. We can, keep, we, can, we can continue to call hey, it that I, way if you like. We've I mean, made things not? up if before. Not now, when, Patrick. If not, if not, not now, when. Now, when. <laughs> you, you, you said it. We've made things up before on the show. Okay, so I, I liked a little uh, give and take with McCarthy and then Rivera because I liked yeah. Rivera's retort. McCarthy, who he comes across, comes across goofy sometimes. I think he caught himself, and he said, yeah, we're going there to win. And then Rivera picked up on it and was like, that feels a little desperate to me. I wouldn't have said that. So Cowboys 8-4, and four, Washington 6-6. Six and six. Let me get your take on this. Of course, Washington on a heater. The number right now, Cowboys laying 4.5 off the opener of 5. Washington getting off the field on third down defensively a little bit and starting to really a concerted focus on running the football. Well, I mean, they're 32nd still in the league in third down defense. They're, they are getting better in the last four weeks. But to me... Uh, Washington are in nail biters every week. Like yeah. every week, they're in a nail biter. I mean, look, I, I, I would have not kicked the field goal. I'd be the first guy to stand on the table and tell you I would have not attempted that 48. I would have tried to get the first down. I would have, because I would have run the clock, get the first down. I mean, if it's going to come down to one play to win the game, I didn't trust the kicker. Right. I mean, they've had kicking problems here at this team forever. You're talking that about in made a, Las Vegas, you mean, over here. No, I'm talking about Washington against Vegas. So yeah. Exactly right. Yep. Thank you, Patrick. No, and so I would have I would have tried to I would have tried to get the first down. They've been I mean, the two point conversion. Let's go back. The two point conversion against Seattle. 
He's got DK Metcalf running wide open to the back corner of the end zone. He doesn't throw it to him. We could go to overtime on that game, right? Nobody thinks Seattle's any good. Nobody wants to lay the eight and a half for Seattle against Houston because they think they stink. And yet we love Washington. And yet Seattle plays Washington toe to toe, right? Yeah. yeah. They play them toe to toe. I mean, and, and that game could have gone either way. And Carolina, I mean, obviously, I have a vested interest in that, but Carolina had every opportunity to win that game. They're driving the ball at the end of the game to, to, to go win the game. They had a chance to win it at the end, and, and, and they couldn't get the fourth down. I mean, they've been in nail-biters. They've been in nail-biters, which if you're going to lay the points, you know, expect a nail-biter. I mean, Washington's not going to run away from anybody. And I just think, to me, this is a bad matchup for Washington's secondary. And here's why. Washington can – I mean, Dallas can pass protect, especially with Smith back at left tackle, right? They can protect. They can match the power of the front. I don't know if they can if – the, if the Washington football team can handle C.D. Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, all the guys that they have on the offense. I think it's going to be a hard challenge. I really do. And how do they score – that many points. They scored 29 on this win streak against Tampa Bay. Great game. But prior to that, they scored 10 and 10. Against Green Bay, they scored 10. Against Denver, they scored 10. This four-game win streak is it's being highlighted by that incredible win against Tampa. But Carolina, yep. Seattle, and Las Vegas are not teams that we think are elite. Now, they did a great job with Carr. They pressured Carr. But the weakness of the Raiders is their offensive line, and they put pressure on Carr. And in the four-game win streak, Michael, you know, Heineke's been careful, but they've amassed 550 yards on the ground. In the, and the big important, the, the important guy here, obviously Antonio Gibson's been going nuts, and Turner's been really focused on the run. J.D. McKissick, I don't believe he's been cleared yet, but whether he yeah. plays, that change of pace. Uh, he's in concussion protocol, but he did practice. So McKissick... Yeah, he was limited, but McKissick's big for this team as a change of pace there with Gibson. No doubt. But the other part here is when Dallas doesn't play well, what usually happens? They turn the ball over. They make mistakes offensively. So let's just go through it. In, the la in this win streak, in this four-game win streak, they've only, they've only forced three turnovers, two against Tampa and one against Seattle, and that's it. That's it. I mean, they're playing good defense, but they're not forcing the ball out. They're not forcing the ball out. And every game in this four-game win streak, they have turned the ball over. I think if Dallas protects the football and they're able to, to throw the football effectively against man-to-man -man coverage or zone, and Dak plays just a good game. I don't think he's got to play an elite game. He's got to play a good game. I, I think they'll throw the ball effectively on this Washington football team. I agree with McCarthy. They're the better team. They should win. They are the better team. Now, I got to do this to you, and there you see, and we've got stats with Dak against the football team, which has been very, very good. I will say this, the early forecast there at FedEx calling for possible rain, gusts over 20 miles an hour with temperatures in the low 40s. So outside that passing game, if the weather plays a part, we shall see. I think it plays certainly to the under. I think there's no doubt. I think it'll certainly play to the under. But because Washington doesn't score a lot of points either. I mean, Washington scored 34 points the last two weeks. They've scored 34 points. They've allowed 30 the last two weeks. It's interesting. I mean, so yeah. no. they, they, they're not a, they, as good as they've been. And when they beat Tampa, the way they beat Tampa, I mean, Tampa got behind in the game, right? Tampa got behind in the game. And, and Tampa made that valiant effort in the second half, right? So they get behind. Tampa's behind basically 16-6 to six in the game. 
They're behind 16 to 3, excuse me. They kick a field goal, and then all of a sudden, here comes Tampa back. It's 23 to 13, and boom, Tampa comes back and makes it 23 to 19. They don't get the two point conversion, right? The suck up missed the field goal, I'm sorry, missed the extra point. And then the ball, the, the football team has the ball with 10.55 to go in the fourth quarter, and Tampa never gets it again. That was the difference in that game. It, it looks like it's a 10-point win, but Tampa's inability to get off the field on third down is the killer in that game. Football team fans would fight back, and you used to be a football team fan back in the day. Yes, I was. Tom Brady, yes. they'd beaten Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr during the streak. They'd push back a little bit, but I tend to agree with you. Also, a couple right. things. Oh, please, go ahead. No, I mean, you can't deny that they beat Tom Brady. I mean, they won that game fair and square. I mean, they did. Yeah. They did a great job. I mean, you know, they've got Patrick Mahomes 13 to 10 at the half. And then the next thing you know, it, it, they scored 21. I mean, they, they had Green Bay beating Green Bay, too. I mean, that Green Bay, let's go back to the, red, the Washington football team's performance inside that red zone in that game. That was horrible. Remember Heineke, you know, he, he turns the ball over when he's sliding into the yep, end zone? Yep, yep. That's a 24-10 to 10 game, a lot closer than that. Division lead has been cut to two with the football team's run here. I will say kind of a scheduling anomaly. These two teams are going to play twice in the next three weeks. They're going to play coming up on Sunday and a couple of weeks from then. So this is the division. The division's going to come down yeah. to this. I think Howard Katz, and we wish him well, he's had a medical surgery, so he's the scheduler for the National Football League, a wonderful man, works out of NFL Films. But I would say this. I would say the way he's done the schedule, this is not uncommon, right? Baltimore and Cleveland sure. are doing the same thing. Yep. New England and Buffalo are going to do this. I like it. I like when you got to come back and play the team again. It's good for the coaches. They don't have to spend, you know, they're already prepared to play the game. They already know it. They tweaked some adjustments, and it's really good for the players because you don't have to go back and relearn things again. You've been trained. Throw that up there. And you want juice, Michael. They're closing in division. Give me some juice. Look at Washington. Give me some juice. Look at Washington in division the rest of the way. The Cowboys, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants. That's what I like to see, my man. Yeah, no, I mean, that, the way the schedule ended, the same thing with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles, now yep. that they've finished playing the Jets, and, you know, they, they're on the bye this week, which, you know, and then they'll get ready for the Super Bowl run as we continue. But I think there's no doubt that the, this NFC East is yet to be determined. But this is a big game. This is the game they got to have. This is the one. I thought the line would start to come towards Washington, and it hasn't. Makes a hell of a lot of sense that Sweat and Chase Young are out. The defense has gotten better. So their two best defenders are out. And all of a sudden, Jack Del Rio's got this unit playing better than they have all year. It talks about the power of team, right? It takes all of us. It doesn't take two of us. It takes all of us. We all should do our assignments. And when we play team defense, we're better than we play individual defense. Well put. And I've got an assignment coming up in 30 seconds. I'm going to tease what's coming up next. Before we do, why does Ron Rivera get his teams to play better in the second half of the season consistently? Uh, I think I, I think a lot of it is the pressure's off. And they've the, 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 I'm not sure he does a great job early in the season getting his team. Maybe he's a little easier on him, and he's pointing yeah. for the second half of the season. But I think Heineke's been the difference on this four-game win streak. He has played well. He played well against Carolina. He played well against Tampa. He played well against Seattle. He has played well. I can't. You cannot dismiss that. No, he that. has. He, and he's been taking care of the football. When Taylor Heineke gets paid, he needs to thank Mel Tucker. Everybody thanks Mel Tucker. <laughs> what do you think Mel Tucker's doorstep's going to look like with all the gifts he's getting this Christmas? I don't know, but I mean, Bill, you, Bill A.D.'s I, writing him a handwritten letter after that DraftKings deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I mean, why? Everybody, everybody. I mean, Mel Tucker's door's got to be filled with The Amazon guy's just delivering like constantly <laughs> to Mel Shout Tucker. to Jeff Bezos on a Saturday. <laughs> Thomas Gable next. 
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Sign up for PlayCard, debit, MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. So pay attention. This is cool. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification terms and costs do apply. Card issued by MetaBank NA, member FDIC. We got you back here. Lombardi line on a Saturday, Army-Navy day. We head out to the Borgata. And say hi to Thomas Gable. Thomas Gable's hot with the Des Moines special. So we'll hold on to that for after, uh, at the end of the segment. He's three and one. But first we say hi, Thomas. How are you? Doing well, Patrick. Hello, Michael. Yeah, we're doing good, huh, out here? All good. All ready for the big, big, big uh, push here. In it's, like a, it's like a beach day out there today. It, it really Bill is. Bill Berman it's will be drinking is cocktails. Is the pool the open same. today? No, no unfortunately. <laughs> Did you bring your swim trunks, Michael? <laughs> no, I didn't. Unfortunately, your board shorts. Hey, I got my board shorts. It's literally, I know it sounds crazy. It's 30 degrees here. We, we've completely, you're, you're, really? yeah, we've completely flipped yeah. with the climate. Now, we'll get to your Syracuse and Georgetown matchup, which I know you're obsessed with today. Uh, where are you first on Army Navy? We're, we're off the board here, Patrick, because we can't take the oh, game right. because right. this that's falls right. into one of those. It's it's that scenario where you can't take a, a college, New Jersey college or you can't take any college game played in the that's state of New Jersey. That's such a ridiculous so, rule. Yeah, and we, we attempted, obviously, to uh, what well, was on the ballot in November and, and, we got, and, and, we, and lost. For it too. And it lost, yeah. yeah here, how ridiculous is it that this game was played in East Stroudsburg, you could play it? Which is just a yeah, little direction. Yep, yep. I mean, yeah. or if it's, I mean, it's yep. just ridiculous. I can mean, you it get makes somebody really on the no phone. Sense. Can you get Springsteen I mean, or Polly Walnuts on the phone and fix yeah, that exactly. thing? Like, yeah. some, pull I mean, some I don't strings. understand it. I don't understand it. I mean, I get, okay, I could accept Rutgers. You can't play Rutgers. It's the school in the state. Okay, I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it. But these are two teams coming from somewhere. I mean, well, I that's the one thing that, like, uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's one thing to say you can't bet Seton Hall or Rutgers games and everything up, but the, the, College games that are be just being played in the state uh, you know, on these neutral courts. I mean, we have basketball tournaments at Boardwalk Hall all the time that we can't right. book. Yeah, uh, right here in the city. So it's and, uh, and it's the tough. Super Bowl you couldn't book. When well, no, no, that's not college, but uh, any any college game played in Jersey. Oh, okay, any college but a pro game, game you pro can game play. you can book. Yeah. Okay, yep. great. Thomas, blink twice if you're low key on the side booking the action yourself in cash. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't I'm blink. Not... I, I just want BetMGM and I want the Borgata to know that my man did not blink. Um, okay. No comment to that. No I, under, I understand. We went regional, so let's do this quickly before we get into the college hoops. We asked down at uh, Beau Rivage, we asked about the semis, is the, the numbers. Mm -hmm. Let's go Georgia-Michigan first there at the Borgata. Yeah, Georgia we have as uh, seven-and-a-half-point favorites uh, currently, but, you know, I was telling Michael this morning when we opened this up, Michigan Michigan money was coming in yeah. here. Now it, it's starting to get decent two-way uh, action, but uh, the early the early money was on Michigan there. Total 44-and-a-half. The, the total has uh, increased by one point there from where we opened it, but uh, the, the side has stayed the same in that one. And then since the Alabama, Alabama uh, laying 13-and-a-half. That touched 14 briefly. Uh, but back to 13 and a half and 58 and a half is the total on that one. And uh, mostly, uh, mostly Bama money here. But yeah, I, I actually kind of like Carl Johnson liked it too. I think the over could be in play in that game too, because I do think Desmond Ryder will throw the football effectively on, on Alabama if they can protect, you know, get Ryan Anderson blocked and get some of those other guys that they can handle. But I think they'll be able to throw the football. I, I just don't know if Cincinnati, even though they're an elite 
in terms of the numerical grades in their secondary, can they cover these kind of receivers? Right. I mean, this is a different. This is a different class of receiver they got to step up to. Hundred. Where's the total for you in Cincinnati and Alabama, Thomas? Fifty-eight and a half. Okay, interesting. Yeah, fifty-eight opener. It's kind of stuck right there. Um, yeah. Okay, let's college. How's the college basketball handle been so far at the Borgata this season? Tremendous. Tremendous. It? Uh, yeah, it's been really good. I mean, there's been days that we've, you know, you, you, some days you get beat in college basketball, especially early in the season. Um, that's when it's probably most vulnerable. The market is not as efficient. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've had some big days in college basketball. We've had some awful days in college basketball. Where were you on the ruck? Oh, you couldn't, can't take, ruckers. You couldn't take the ruckers. <laughs> you got lucky on that one. Right, right. You got lucky on that one. I, I mean, still can't believe that it. Was one of, that yeah. was one of those. But I'm surprised that they're playing interconference games so early. I thought we waited until January. January to do that. No, no, there's there's a lot of uh, conference games. We're going to talk about one of them here today, another Big Ten game here today. So, yeah, it's uh, conference games have started in some conferences. But we have to start, Mr. Hoya, with your Georgetown team. Now, Syracuse and Georgetown, this is, and for those that don't know, all kidding aside, we always joke with Thomas, but he's awesome when it comes to college hoops, and he loves Georgetown. This number opened Syracuse three, but it looks like they're getting bet. Yeah, three and a half now. Uh, totals 155 and a half. And I, I saw a good quote. This is this is obviously two rival programs that have uh, have a very storied history here. Uh, but I saw a good quote that this matchup continues to run on hate and nostalgia. And that's, <laughs> a, yeah. that's a great quote. It's a, 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 a very accurate. Uh, just hasn't been the same though since Syracuse left to go to the ACC after they left the Big East. But uh, it's good that these two programs get together uh, once yes. a year to continue to play. So. Uh, turnover has been the big issue here with Georgetown this year, and I, I mean that turnover in the program overall. They, they lost a lot to graduation, uh, some some people in the transfer portal there, but they have a really nice freshman class here. It's just it, they're freshmen. It's going to take time to develop uh, for Patrick Ewing there. And this game here, I, I really just don't see the Hoyas being able to successfully navigate the Syracuse defense. Um, Dante Harris will need to have a good game there from the top of the key. But the shooting, I just don't know if they have it uh, to be up to the task here to uh, – uh, keep up with this Syracuse team. Donald Carey, Caden Rice, uh, Muhammad, who's uh, their, their freshman uh, star there. I, I just don't see them doing it. And uh, Syracuse, they have some losses early, some questionable losses early that kind of make you scratch your head there. To, I lost to VCU and um, I think Colgate they also lost to. But they shoot the ball well from three. Um, I think uh, look for the Bayheims to have a good day here in D.C., I think. Yeah, you know, Ken Palm has it as a one-point game, and, 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 you know, will they just get coming off that blowout loss by Villanova? Mm -hmm. You know, you've yeah. got to feel like Syracuse is going to, you know, rally. And, and, and as you said, Georgetown, I think Ken Palm has them as the 108th-ranked team in the country so far right now, so it's early. A lot of these programs, I, I really think these, these, these college programs, we're not going to really know anything until we get into February because there's so much transfer. You know, I was talking to a couple of the college coaches this week. I mean, and they don't really know what their teams are going to be all about once the competition ra rises and gets into, you know, when they find out truly who what they have in terms of their talent level. Yeah, yeah. and the big the big time fellas is is so competitive and brutal this year. Did you watch midweek when Indiana Indiana had a chance to win at Wisconsin and just yeah. fell apart in the second half, which was unreal. Well, Wisconsin now travels to Ohio State. Shout to Amal Shaw and this number open I four I and see a half. See Amal there. Yeah, yeah well, I know. he's, he's ready screaming to go. at the top of his lungs to the right of me like it's all about him. Yeah. But that's Amal Shaw for you. <laughs> anyway, where's the number right now? Ohio State. Hosting Wisconsin. 
Uh, Ohio State laying four and a half here. This uh, actually up uh, from the three and a half where we opened it. Uh, Wisconsin eight and two on the season. Ohio State seven and two. This is the uh, the home opener, Big Ten home opener here for Ohio State today. Uh, Wisconsin, they have the best scoring defense in the Big Ten to Shocking. start the years. Shocking, <laughs> and, uh, right? I mean, you know, this is a team that I think has surpassed you know, people's expectations of what they were going right. to be this year. Um, they, they had that big win against Houston this year. Um, they won their conference open against Indiana there on Wednesday, which they were down 22 in that game. If uh, nobody was watching that, they were down 22 points in that, came back and won. Uh, they allow... They only allow 59.1 points per game on defense, but Ohio State, they've been shooting lights out lately. Last four games, they've shot 52% from the field and over 42% from three. Um, this will be probably the best defense, though, and the most physical defense that Ohio State has faced this year. Uh, I don't have any information, though, unfortunately, on uh, the Wisconsin. There's three players that missed that Indiana game due to COVID. Uh, more role players, but it could affect uh, certainly their um, their rotations and, you know, if they're shorthanded. But I don't have information if they're going to be in this game or not. All right, we have a Des Moines play. These are very important. The better should pay attention. Thomas Gables, 3-1 and one on the year. What's your Des Moines special today, my man? So this is Columbia and Albany. Uh, of course it Albany is. Albany laying 7.5 for the total, 132.5. The, the Albany Great Danes, they are 1-7 and seven to start the season. And this goes to what you were just talking about, Michael. They have a first-year head coach. Dwayne Killings. Love Dwayne. They're just they're just trying just to figure Marquette out for a long time. <laughs> really? Love Dwayne. Yeah. Okay. yeah, love him. Yeah. I talk to Dwayne all the time. I love him. Well, they're trying to figure some things out here with this program. Yeah. Uh, they have nine new players on the roster this year, and injuries have uh, certainly affected them. They've taken uh, two key players away from that program. So uh, they only have one guy averaging in double figures so far this year. Uh, as a team, they're only averaging 57.1 points per game, which is 344th in the country. Now, Columbia is particularly bad, though, on defense. So they're ranked 319th in adjusted efficiency. So perhaps Albany may find it easier to score here. But when you really dig into this Albany team, uh, between the injuries, their leading scorer, who's a, who's a grad student, he played four years at Temple. He's reported to be dealing with fatigue. So <laughs> I am too. We're going to look at the under here of the 132 and a half. <laughs> under 132 and a half, Columbia, Albany, as you say, Thomas Gable. Thank you very yeah. much. Des Moines specials are hot. Thomas Gable, race and sports Thanks, book director Thomas. at the Borgata. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Okay, coming up next, a special guest. What I would encourage is Mel Tucker to turn the TV off. Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Love it. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, it's the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM right now. New customers have a chance. This is big. Dustin Poirier tonight, his fight, VSEN 200 is the code. If you use that, he wins. You win $200 paid for in free bets. It's that simple. Poirier tonight, VSEN 200, VSIN 200 at BetMGM. 21 years or older, if you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Our next guest has managed to offend everybody in studio, including the host of the show coming up next, Femi. Uh, his name is Amal Shaw. And before, as I welcome Amal to the program, I, I'll even tell you, Michael, be careful because he's he's on one today. He just came from the poker table at the Bellagio. So just to be fair. Hi, Amal. Wow. 
morning, well, Paul. you know, the nice problem is you. it's nothing against you. I just want to say, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. Michael, you know that reference from Stripes? Of course I do. Yeah, of course I do. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, are those my men? Are those my men? Michael, I have to ask you. Yeah. So they yeah. all started laughing earlier. The, a head coach was named at like Columbia or Albany or wherever. And you're like, oh, I love that. I love him. Do you know the coach? Dwayne Killings? Yeah, I know Dwayne Killings. Yeah, I do. He was a head. He was an assistant coach at Marquette. In fact, he came back to Ocean City and spent a day with me. After Gridiron Genius, and we spent time, I still talked to Dwayne. You know, I didn't know he was having a tough year because I've kind of been out of touch because I've been in the NFL just immersed. But I'm going to text him after the show and wish him good luck today and, you know, tell him to keep building his program. Yeah, absolutely. Six I, degrees of Michael funny. Lombardi. It's funny about Gridiron Genius. It, it's, it's really a popular book amongst college basketball coaches. NFL coaches have no interest in reading it because they all think they do everything that Belichick does. So what would I read it for? You know, plus Belichick, you know, mismanaged the Monday night game anyway. Well, we'll get into that later. But anyway, uh -oh. the point here is, is that, you know, I, I think that that the most people in football think that they have a sense of everybody does that. Whereas in basketball, there's a lot to glean from it. And I, and I, and I think that that's why I've been able to have such a, a and I love hoops, you know I do. So I've yep. been able to have a relationship with a lot of these basketball coaches to talk about because it's really team building. It's all about like when I did ExxonMobil this week, they were like, you look like you must have been in our company. And I know, no, I've been in bad programs before. Like I understand, <laughs> like they all look alike. They all look alike, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't matter whether your Australian rules football who speaking of that I got a whole story on that one I'll tell you tomorrow I got that guy coming to meet me today at four o'clock I got to deal with him so so you mean the dude you know, that got canned over there in Australia yeah I got yeah. him coming today at two I got him at two o'clock today Clarky. He's coming to hang out with you. By the way, it's a great hang out stocking stuffer for the holidays gridiron genius you can go get it right yeah. now at Amazon absolutely have you bought yeah. your copy Emil Shaw yeah, I'm waiting for the audio one uh, you can it's download it on Audible. I, I, I check it out. I'm not much of a reader. I've, you know, I've had several friends that have written books, and they give me the copy, personally signed, and I'm like, you know, this will stay in the same condition it came in, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Amal, Amal, talk to me. Tell me, do you buy the Urban Meyer rumor to Ohio, to Oregon, or you think it's Dan Lanning? No, I, I think it's going to be Dan Lanning. I, I think Urban comes with too much baggage, and everyone knows he's got a five- to seven-year shelf life. Now, you're going to win with him there. There's no question about it. And, you know, Michael, I think one of the things with Urban and Nick Saban that's been underappreciated and underrated in their greatness during their run, especially Nick's run, is their ability to evaluate talent. If you look at the Alabama players, they're not only great at the collegiate level, how well they excel at the NFL, yeah. whether it's the running back, whether it's linebackers, whether it's an edge rusher, whomever it may be, they just seem to be able to get guys and develop them extremely well. I think there's a lot of programs that bring in four and five stars, but they don't develop them that same way. And the first no, uh, program right. I'd point to from that standpoint is Clemson. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think player development is the secret sauce. It's the secret sauce in New England. It's the secret sauce at Alabama. They get great players, but they develop them. And here's the other thing they do a great job of. When the five-star isn't really a five-star, he no longer is in the program. He transfers out. You know, and, and that's what you have to do because not all these five stars are the same. There's going to be misevaluations in that situation. So I, I agree with you on that completely, Amal. Alave and Garrett Wilson, there's no way they're going to play Rose Bowl, right? I mean, these kids, the idea of them sitting, first off, do you have an issue with it? 
I, I personally don't, but I think they'll play because the Rose Bowl for Ohio State outside of the college football playoff is the most important bowl game. Michael, you know this as well as anybody. In the Midwest, getting to the uh, Rose Bowl, Patrick, you know you grew up in yeah. Michigan. It is a huge deal. That Absolutely. January 1 game, everybody, you know, you're looking at that four feet of snow outside and you're saying, why the hell do I not live in Southern California? Yeah. And, you know, the painted sidelines, the, uh, the pageantry, the tradition of it. I expect them to play. Um, I'll tell you one thing. The Buckeyes better come fully ready to play. If not, they're going to be in trouble against the Utes. <laughs> Amal, totally I said it earlier in the show. They're going to get, you know, the one thing about the Utes, they punch you right in the mouth. They're not, they're not scared of anybody. Hey, you know what's interesting? As you were talking, Michael, right behind me, I just noticed all the cowboy hats walking by because here at the South Point, once a year, they have the rodeo come to town. Did you know that Amal Shaw is a huge fan of the rodeo? And in his no, spare time, he's a cowboy. That. Yeah, he's actually, he's been on, you've ridden a bull, right? <laughs> Mechanical, yes. In my world, in my world, mechanical and re and real count the same. I mean, in my world, they count the same. I mean, I ain't Hemingway here. I mean, so we're not riding any bulls or fighting any bulls. So You'd look good one. in some chaps, though. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's what I wear in my spare time around the house. But I will tell you, I've been to a couple of rodeos in Texas, and even if you, if it's not necessarily your cup of tea, I think it's something worth experiencing if you have never been. And I'll tell you what, Michael, these guys are some unbelievable athletes what they get paid for what they do not enough money in the world yeah i mean <laughs> you just literally gave a take on the rodeo i was totally clowning for a second no, i've been a couple of times oh, in okay. texas yeah that's cool hey okay partner what do you who do you like today do you, uh, amal do you like <laughs> army or navy tell me <laughs> You know, I'm going to lean towards the under here, even though it's so low. When you look at it, Michael, I think we're talking about no more than seven to eight possessions per team, and that would include a turnover or a quick big play. I think these are going to be short, limited possessions. You've got to be able to score in the possessions you have it. I think with the win being a factor, it's not going to be a game where you're going to see a ton of scoring, 35. Last year, I think it was 15 nothing in this matchup. And this Navy team has really struggled for most of the year, but they've played well. Their defense is better than people realize to a certain extent. I thought some of the athletes, when you look in the, uh, their conference, could have been able to take advantage of it didn't do so and Monken's done a tremendous job up there in West Point I don't think people realize the quality of program he's put together there no doubt I, I mean I, my hat's off to Jeff Monken I love him I think he's done great you know and, and I think the Navy coach has done a great job there too not this season but typically in the past so yeah I'm gonna watch this game with great pride I do I, I, I think I would take Navy in the points I really do I don't think in a, in a, in a under of this of, set, of 35 I don't see this as, a, you know, seven's a lot of points, Patrick. Yeah, 15 straight unders have cashed in the series. Hey, by the way, look at your phone, Michael. Thomas Gable just sent us. This is nuts. Somebody just went to the Borgata window and laid $73,500 to win $735 for the Bucks to win the NFC South. So they're putting out close to 74000 to win under $800. Why am I? Because that's 100% drug proceeds. That's 100% money laundering. <laughs> There's no reason you would do it. That's 100% absolutely for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point, Amal. I mean, look, you got to call family it like you show see on it. That's what I love it. You want fallacies here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, keep bringing the heat, Amal. That's exactly right. Like, seriously, I mean, if he wants to make $800, we could give him a couple tips tomorrow on games he can make 800 Just bet the money line on a couple games. Oh. I mean, take the Saints. Take the Saints and bet, bet it to you. You think the Saints won't cover it five and a half? This is a Lombardi line, they, not Narcos. I've never seen Narcos, but I'm just telling you how it is, man. That, that, that's just ridiculous. But Michael's right. Got to bet a couple of teams on the money line tomorrow to make 800 bucks. Probably lay even 1500. You're fine. 73 grand. What are you kidding me? So, <laughs> listen, find out from the IRS what's the tip when we turn them in. What, what's the percentage we get back? 
even know what is wrong with you. What is wrong with me? It's about the bottom line. Listen, you know it's a fact. Who the hell would bet seventy-four thousand to win eight hundred dollars? I thought it was ridiculous too. Uh, I just Patrick, here's up. the thing about it: he wins eight hundred dollars. He can't even go to dinner at Michael's. It'll cost him more than that. <laughs> well, you know, Goulet ain't picking up the check. He's over there. He's over there in the corner. He won't pick up the check. Well, listen. Well, it's great to see you, Amal. Uh, a chipper, you. as always. Uh, you've, you've offended your host, Femi. Uh, he's he, fine. He'll get over it. Trust me. Listen. I he's from you, the state Amal. of Washington. He was heat. born offended. Keep bringing the heat, Amal. It doesn't even make sense. What does that mean? Listen, you you start out in that state on the Pacific Northwest. You know it's going to be a rough ride the rest of the way. Still doesn't Fine. Amal's right, though, Pat. What he means? Get me out of here. I got to prepare to be on the air with him. Patrick, what he, what he means is a lot of rain up there. It can get a little depressing. I mean, it can <laughs> get a Thank you, depressing. Michael. Thank you as far clarity. as disposition, there's nobody sunnier at the network than Femi. I'm telling you, the guy's the nicest, <laughs> kindest guy. Is I would ever. challenge that. You just told him he stunk to his face. Do you want somebody who's 5'2", who plays for Baltimore, Maryland County, who's their backup point guard at 5'2", do you want me to tell him you're going to be the next Muggsy Bogues? Why don't you just tell him realistically? <laughs> Accounting, <laughs> finance, hedge funds, my man. You could buy the team. I love it. Femi is Walter Cronkite. He is the best. I love All right. It. Well, listen, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so <laughs> okay. much, Amal. Open invitation. Open invitation. Thank you very much. Talked Enjoy about, your weekend. In, in seven minutes, he talked about drug dealing and offended his host. Okay, that's oh, good stuff. That's okay. Do you want? Then he gave out a pick. He gave out a pick too. That's what he's here for. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of picks, Army Navy. What do you got here, Michael? I'm going to take the points in Navy today. I, I, I am. I'm going to take it. Uh, I'm sure Belichick has his Navy sweater on today, so I'll take it. Okay, Michael, enjoy. It's going to be warm. Enjoy your Saturday. Have fun hanging out with the guy from Australia. I'll I'll send pictures to you. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. I appreciate that. Femi, I think you're the best. He's coming up next, the pregame show with, of course, Amal Shaw. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Army, Navy, the the boys are coming up next here on v the Sports Betting Network.